Welcome to the Fight Village podcast with me, your host, Sammy, the Fight Chief Apple. This podcast show contains strong language. My style is the best. Hello, ladies and gents. I'm here with Kojo Menace, who's very kindly decided to give us a minute of his time. How's it going, Kojo? I'm good. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm great, man. Like, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and speak with me and, you know, uh, tell the people about what you're doing and stuff. Always a pleasure for you. Just briefly, can you tell us, like, how you kind of got into boxing? Because the last time I, I saw you, you know, you were a, a PT at LA Fitness and now, like, you, you're boxing and stuff. So I think it'd be interesting to talk about that journey just a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I'm Kojo, aka Menace. Um, let's see, how did this journey come about? I used to do boxing when I was younger, but mm. like most parents, most parents don't really approve of such sport. Yeah, so I went into rugby. Was rugby player for a good ten years, yeah. and then um, and then I was looking for the next step after doing a. Like, I did get a little bit lost without fitness because I went into music. And then was a DJ, started DJing at ministry, but I didn't really like it, even though people were like, oh yeah, that's a dream, but not really. It wasn't really for me. I don't really like that lifestyle. Sure. And then, um, yeah, took a job at LA Fitness, met you whilst I was there. Yeah. It was good times, <laughs> good learning curve, good to like really discover what fitness is about and then start my journey from there, became a PT, went to West India Key, was PT in there. And then how did I go about into doing boxing this serious? Like as a PT, you have to look for other things to keep fit. So I was just keeping fit, yeah. uh, just training, hitting pads, hitting the bag. And then um, one guy from Cool Box Gym, his name's Al, was like, oh, you should come down and train with us. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I went down there, started training. And coach was like, the head coach, who's Brian O'Shaughnessy, was like, ah, oh, this kid uh, really loves this shit. Like, Sorry about my language. He's like, he really loves this, you know, game. Yeah, like, you should come down and start training um, properly. Then sure. I started going down into the invited sessions only with the pros. So I started training with Lawrence Akoli, Umar Sadiq, Dan Aziz, Mahid Flash, Flashy Fazlin. And and then that was it. <laughs> From there, it was just like, all right, you're on the right track now. And let's get you on the right track to turn pro because they think I'm good enough. So that's amazing. That's man. it. It was that quick. It was that quick a turnaround. That's amazing. And I suppose you, your learning curve was, you know, a little bit quicker. One, because you, you did it when you were younger, but two, also train, like getting to train with pros like Lawrence and. Yeah. Trust me. That's, that's where the game changer was when you're training with the, the pros and training like them. Yeah. Everything becomes a lot more serious because this is their livelihood. This is what makes them their money. Like, whereas before where I was just training was just training. There's no incentive. There's no real intent in the training but as soon as you do go into the pro sessions this is their livelihood this is all they're thinking about so you have to then get that mindset because you don't want to be the the lagging wheel in the in the car you know you want to be up there with them so i think that was the, the reason why my turnaround has been so quick as mm. well as having a little bit of a background from doing it when i was younger so yeah it's it's mainly because of the the way you're training i hear that for me it's very interesting your kind of journey is there anything that you've kind of learned about yourself about the sport yeah well when i was in rugby it, it was okay to be overweight there was no real weight 
you know, that you had to be. Sure. So sometimes you'll be a lot more slacking than usual. Like you're just going about and you'll be like, oh, I can eat KFC. Yeah. Really and shouldn't. Really and truly, though, you're an athlete, you shouldn't be. And I think that's the difference in boxing, whereas boxing is so precise. Everything has to be on point. So you can't even, like, be like, oh, let me go and have KFC. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm on a strict diet here. I need to make weight. I think making weight is probably, I've noticed, that's probably the most fearful thing. Like, I'm not even scared of fighting. I'm scared of standing on the scale and them telling you, eh, you're a couple pounds over. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> I say it, that is the biggest fear is the weigh-in like everything's yeah. about weight like on that last week before weigh-in everything's about shit am I gonna keep saying shit um, it's alright it's a mature sp- podcast so you can <laughs> yeah it's cool uh, it's like uh, it's like damn am I gonna make this weight or not somehow you always make it but it's well some people don't but usually even when you're like 4 5 kg over in that last week you just seem to turn it around because you get so serious and all the little things that you're picking up on that you don't realise what's making you keep weight like having that extra scoop of peanut butter when you shouldn't be yeah. in that last week you don't do it because you know whereas the weeks before you do you're still doing it so those little things there the things that I've noticed about boxing that's changed me as a person that how, how disciplined I can be whereas yeah. I thought I never used to I thought I would never be able to cut down to 80 in my life when I when I got up to 98 I was like 80 that's a myth but because of the dedication and the way we train and how hard we train 80 now just comes so easy now I sit at 82 naturally so that's, that's fantastic man there's been a lot of kind of conversation around weight cutting my, a lot of my news comes from like MMA so like people like mm-hmm. Paige saying that she developed eating disorders because of it people like getting really really ill in terms mm. of weight cutting um one have you had that experience and two how easy is your weight cut is it um the one thing i can say because i do like uh, mixed martial arts as well is that the mixed martial arts cutting is a lot more extreme than the boxing right. cutting because uh, the boxers our weight divisions are usually like 10 kg well except for the lower weight classes the heavier ones we've got like a 10 kg difference so a lot of us don't like to sit too heavy anyway. So we always sure. sit in around probably 5 kg just above. And that's the max. None of us are coming down from a cruise weight position to a light heavy. None of us are sitting at 90 and go, oh, shh, we need to cut to make 80. You yeah. know? So a lot of us just sit at 85. So the weight classes are a little bit more easier to make. Whereas in the mixed martial arts division, they seem to sit a lot heavier and yeah. drop a lot more weight very quickly. So I can understand where they're getting, like, they go through a lot of dehydration processing, whereas you hardly hear about too much dehydration unless the guys had a bad training camp in boxing. Yeah. You never really... And I can tell you why, actually, but I'm just, as it's crossed my mind just now. You see, with the mixed martial arts, you need a lot more strength. You need a lot more size, and it's a lot more beneficial to be stronger in mixed martial arts because you've got wrestling background. You're going to be pushing, you're going to be picking people up. Whereas in boxing... A lot of them don't really care about the strength side because they don't really do... You see a lot of them, some of their routines have hardly any weights in there yeah. because it's all about running and making sure they're fit because theirs is the punches and the volume of punches. So they don't right. really need to be strong. Whereas in the MMA, you need to have good legs, good core. Like you need to be strong. Yeah, And that's the difference. And that's why the MMA guys always look more jacked up than boxers because boxers really don't... <laughs> if I look at some of their routines, really don't do much weight. I suppose it's all about your agility and being nimble and being able to evade, evade punches yeah. and yeah, evade punches and speed of punch. So you'll see a lot of us do a lot of work for speed, 
a lot of work for speed of punch and a lot of uh, depends if you're a counter punch or a pressure fighter the pressure fighters might want a little bit more size because they want to push on their fighter and be a bit more bullion but if you're a yeah. counter puncher it's all about reflexes so you don't really care how heavy or strong you are you just care how quick your reflexes are right so and that and that might be the difference between mma cutting and because they cut a lot more water because they hold a lot more muscle whereas we just like me personally if i'm burning muscle sometimes i wouldn't even really care too much sure. whereas an mma fighter would definitely need to have that strength and have that muscle to be able to push and pull and wrestle and um, submit someone you know it's a lot yes. more taxing that makes that makes a lot of sense actually it really does and what would you say one of your favorite parts of boxing is definitely the skill set that mm. it is if you can beat someone with just two hands it is it's hard yeah you have to be smart and you have to be this chess so whereas mma you can be a little bit more brash a little bit more brute you can rush in and tackle and stuff like that whereas boxing you can't really do all of those things so you get picked apart by someone who knows how to box and i think right, that's yeah. where the art side of boxing to me appeals more whereas i do like mma and i can watch it yeah uh, would i pick it over boxing not necessarily for myself because i like the art of boxing yeah i think when when you look at the two there are more examples of like complete boxers people who really you can tell they've polished their game and it's it's pretty it's kind of pretty to watch with yep. mma there's very very few people um who very do few. that I, i've seen a couple uh, but it's very rare yeah even some of the top guys have still got that rawness about it's more it's more about testosterone and aggression but there's very few that are very artistic with it and i there's some that i've seen that there was this i've forgotten his name but it was this russian guy in the lightweight division and he would look very very sound even though he had a war at the end of his round and yeah it's very, if you know who i'm talking about this is his name's a beat yes him yeah he, he is sick and, I, and he was very very well polished um who else yaya rodriguez he's very good as well very yeah. artsy very creative you know um less on the brute side of things and more on the let me pick these creative shots that yeah. someone's not going to see coming and they're the type of fighters that when i'm watching mma really like open my eyes because i'm like wow there is some art to it as well and then yeah. you obviously you've got top level fighters like john jones even though he's going through a lot of pro, um, problems himself at the moment but yeah another great fighter the way he picks shots the way he hits it's yeah you've got some art you've got some arty people in there yeah, and also it's like Israel Adesanya. I don't know if you've oh, seen man, him. Oh man, yeah, I know him. He's the, the Airbender guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is sick. The last, yeah, the last Stylebender. Yeah, he is sick. He is sick. I like him a lot. There's a lot of people in there that are starting to come with this. It's, they're taking it away from oh, it's two people in a cage and they're locked in and it's any rules go. Now they're really making it like the class of fighters are showing that class is winning as well. So. Yeah, I see there's a big future for MMA, even though it's already big. Connor made it yeah. big. Yeah, And he made it even bigger did. than it than they probably thought it would be, but it's definitely pushed along. And some people say it's gone past boxing, but boxing's starting to get back its um its whole, you know, glitz and glam again. Maybe because of Anthony, but yeah. it's really I do think from. he's he's a, he's a he's a big part of it and because of that it's kind of like drawn out people like Tyson Fury and 
yep. Deontay Wilder and, 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 and fighters like that. And so the fact that AJ has like a group of nemesises, if you, mm. if you will, um, it's, it's made it quite interesting again. And people generally kind of like the heavyweights. You know, yeah. if like there's a good heavyweight, like a whole country gets behind that, that heavyweight. And it they, seems they, like it's the only division that people really care about, <laughs> usually. Yeah, exactly. You know, they talk about heavyweight champion of the world. No one really, well, except for the, actually, there's a middleweight division. It's pretty nifty as well because obviously you've always had, uh, people like Golovkin. Yeah. Even Mayweather's around those weight classes that made that division because there's so much competition in that division. It makes yeah. it popping. But if you look at all the other divisions, no one really cares. You can name about 20 boxers in the light heavyweight division. No one really cares. You can name 20 in the lightweight division. No one really cares. But, you know, only yeah, if you're true. pure boxing purist would you care. But in MMA, they're starting to get a lot more names. There's a lot more people. The divisions are a lot more competitive, if you can say. So yeah. I think that's where MMA has its, its come up. And I think a lot of the time, I mean, one of the kind of criticisms that some people have had of boxing is that you know when they pay for a card it's really for the main event the undercards are usually terrible yeah whereas like mma mma sometimes you get what's like stacked cards you know where like from beginning to to end of the main kind of pay-per-view fights you know you you have lots and lots of intriguing and meaningful matchups Mm. Yeah, well, it, the MMA, with the MMA, if you look at it, when they stack their cards and they stack the cards really well, is because they're all gonna get like a piece oh, yeah. of the pie type thing. They all got in their oh. deal. Whereas boxing, when you're the main card, you kind of stack it with all the probably the prospects. There's no other real main card because you don't want to share all that money. You want all that money to come to you. So, yeah, that's right. And that's why a lot of boxing, the undercards, all full with prospects who are there trying to sell tickets. And that's yeah. that's the hardest part of freaking boxing is the selling of the tickets. You're like, oh my god, I got to sell this many tickets before you even get like even going to see any type of money. So sure, you know. So the headliners usually sitting pretty uncomfortable. It's all, all the undercards, all the little guys, all the little fights that no one really cares about. That really are yeah. making the making the show and selling it out. Really, it's true. I never actually kind of thought of it that way. Yeah, no, it's um, a it's a hard thing at the bottom, man. When you, when you have to sell tickets and and most promoters, that's all they want you for. You're like, oh, you're on a ticket deal, and you're like, okay. Unless you're a journeyman, there's no real guaranteed person for you about two, three years in when you're finally a name after all that hard work. So it is it is a long hard route. A lot of people yeah. say, oh my god, yeah, you're a boxer, you must be making so much money. You're like, you forget how much yeah. you have to pay out to people before you even get to see your purse. You know, right, before yeah. that, you got your 10% management and then you got a uh, 10% coach. You got to pay for gloves. You got to pay for training camp. You got to pay for, yeah, yeah. Mate, by the time you get to the freaking thing, you're probably <laughs> in negative. You know? <laughs> it's not, it's not all, it's not as glamorous as everyone thinks and you're risking your life as well. So, you know. Yeah, yeah it's very it, true. It, when, when, when they finally make it and they start getting paid, they, no matter what people think, they fully deserve it. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big advocate of good pay for fighters. Um, yeah. You know, because I just think it's such a, it's such a difficult job, like the, the grind of it. And, you know, there are, for every Anthony Joshua, there are guys who have dedicated their life to the sport who haven't made yeah. it where he's made it and don't, and don't even have half, half or a quarter of the money that he has to, 
you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, very tough. Very, very tough. And also, if you look at it like this, yeah, you see MMA, I think MMA is a little bit more exciting as well because you can get a loss and get away with it. People, people yeah. don't really read too much in it. But in boxing, oh, since Mayweather and this O thing has become such a big thing, people are scared to lose and that's why they trade yeah. for fights and they, they're like, oh my God, uh, I can't fight him. Don't want to, you know. Don't want to have an L. Yeah, but in MMA, they're like, well, you know, I'll fight the best at any time, you know? Yeah. Let's go for it. And because the O is not the pinnacle of the fighter, you know? It's like, you can have a couple losses, and then all of a sudden, a couple wins, and you're up there fighting for a belt. That's right, in yeah. Boxing, as soon as you have a couple L's, you're promoted, probably don't even want to see you again. You'll probably, yeah. you'll probably drop you, like they do a lot. So, and it's true. that's another reason why people are so scared to lose. And that's what's making boxing not as exciting. Because people yeah. don't want to fight. They don't want to get hit. They're too busy trying to defend, too busy trying to be scared. Instead of being, look, let me go for it. Whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people have bought the kind of brand and the whole Money Mayweather thing. They And they've forgotten, really, that people love good fights. You know, yeah, that's, that's a Mexican fighter. I would rather watch them all day, every day than um, an American fighter who just wants to dodge and weave. And I love Mexican style fights. I love the way they fight. In fact, my next fight, that's the style I'm going to bring because um, I got robbed of a decision because I tried to come with this amateur style and they didn't give it to me. So the next opponent I get, he's, he's going to be in for a war and I'm ready for <laughs> I'm ready for he's war. He's getting the work. He's going to get work, right? As much as I love te- technical brilliance, I love the kind of anarchy of it as well. And I just enjoy two people kind of going to war, yeah. you know, and seeing who's who's the toughest. Yeah, like if you want to stand and trade, let's stand and trade and let's see. And that's another thing. Uh, that is also part of the art as well. It's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, are you a warrior? Are you tough enough to go through that type of stuff? So it is nice that like, I've got a couple different styles that I can come across because I can box and I box very well. So um, hopefully I'll send you some footage if I get it soon, and then you can that'll see. That would be brilliant, man. Yeah, I've got a very good amateur style, good jab, move, punch and move, punch and move and evade. But if I really want to go toe to toe, I can also do that. Bite down on the gum shield and let's have it. I think it's it's very good if you can have both. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get into a style, you know, and I think and that's and that's the only thing they can do. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, that's it's good that I've got about three different styles that I can do and uh, next time I want to incorporate that uh, the last match that I had I kind of got stuck into my one style and kind of didn't sure. get out of gear two because I was just uh, like I said I was winning but maybe they didn't think it was enough to win yeah because it, yes it was flashy and it was sharp but I was on the back foot a lot because I wasn't putting pressure on maybe right, if I did yeah. one round where I just put pressure on and actually showing that I'm the dominant fighter here and then eased back off and did whatever, then they probably would have definitely given it to me and they definitely couldn't take it away from me. But uh, yeah. maybe because I was on the back foot a lot and he was being more aggressive, even though he wasn't hitting me, because if you look at my face right now, it's like I haven't, I haven't even had a fight. But because he was more aggressive and he was taking control of the ring, because I kind of am a counter-puncher usually, so I, I sure. let them do that. And it might look bad in other people's eyes that it might feel like I'm... <laughs> like running away even though it's just my style so yeah. now i know that all right listen i know what you're looking for and i know what's going to win and it's all about winning yeah exactly yeah and building that kind of you know either a highlight reel or, or yep. racking up those kind of numbers yeah 
definitely come and I know the knockouts as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, your first fight was that a knockout as? Yeah, that was a knockout in the yeah. first round, about I think a minute in. Yeah. But that one, I was. I, that's what I'm saying. I got two different styles. It's kind of like mad because I don't know which one worked best. Um, sure. Obviously, the knockout seems like it works best because everyone's talking about that. So I might have to go back to that. But that was a little bit more scrappy. And as a performance, I wasn't even happy with that. Even though it was a one-minute sure. knockout, to me, like I said, I liked the art side of it. And to me, it was just a bit, yeah, it was it was scrappy. I got the yeah. knockout. It was an uppercut, but it wasn't nice. Whereas yeah, yeah. the last match where I lost was classy. I jab, one-two, one-two uppercut and move. And I just, I prefer watching me doing that than watching this guy who's just throwing bombs just because it was his first match. Whereas the second yeah. match, I came with a little bit more composed. My heart rate was a little less, so I was a little bit more calm. And I think maybe I needed that little bit of, you know, nervousness to, like, spark me. Because I was so calm, I just literally did it like it was sparring. So. Yeah, and do you think that's, that's kind of what happened to Anthony Joshua? Because after his fight with Joseph Parker, he kind of, that there was some kind of criticisms about the way that he boxed. Man. Um, like I, like I just said, I thought he got brilliantly in that. Yeah. But I can see what people were complaining about because it's a heavyweight division. People want to see punches. They want to see someone trying to hurt the other guy. Whereas to me, I think he kind of... Um, I'm going to blame him, actually. Yeah, he's to blame for the reason why <laughs> I lost it because I actually literally copied him like punch for punch type thing. It was literally as arty as he was. It was that. Yeah. It was more like, oh, yeah, we're going to come with this boxing finesse thing. And like I said, sometimes the judges aren't looking for finesse. They want to see some fights. What I've noticed is when you don't do what the fans think in their mind you're going to do, they label it as a bad performance. Ooh. So say, for example, you are a, a knockout artist by nature. Yeah. And then you kind of hype the fight by saying this guy's going to get knocked out. But then you use your angles, you pick the person apart, yep. but it goes, it goes to decision. People say, well, you know, look, he's not the fighter we thought he was. Really, that they are as good as you thought. They, they're just showing off a different side. You yeah. can't kind of bum rush everybody. Yeah, exactly. And with him, I thought that tactic was very smart because that tactic is for someone who has... The guy's got quicker hands than him. Yeah, Joseph Parker has much quicker hands than him. We could see that. So, And he's got a longer reach. A seven-inch reach advantage. Of course he should use it. Of course he should jab yeah. and stay on the outside. He was still dominant. He was in the centre of the ring. It's not like he was on the back foot on the ropes and just jabbing and moving, which I've seen Tyson Fury do plenty of times. Yeah. Yet people still say Tyson Fury is amazing. But yeah. that is Tyson Fury. That's all Tyson Fury does. So I don't know. Like They're very hypocritical. Yeah, Anthony Joshua's had 20 fights and 19 knockouts or something like that, or 21 fights, 20 knockouts, something crazy. Like, yeah. he's only had one match that's gone distance. The rest of them have been knockouts. Let him be. He wanted the finesse. He, he did it. And he did it very well. So Yeah, I think it's a little bit of letting that Olympic background show. Yeah, you know? and um, he showed he can box. Because people were starting to say, oh, all he is is a knockout artist. And then he showed that he can box. It's like, imagine Deontay Wilder comes out in his next match. No matter who he's got. And he decides to box and actually outbox someone. And people go, oh, wow, he can box praising him more for coming out and boxing because they're so used to this windmill type that are so unorthodox but then he comes out and boxes because he's an Olympian as well in fact I think yeah. he's an Olympic gold medalist as well so or bronze or something like that he's a, he's a medalist anyway and 
he has good boxing. I mean, I've seen him on pads before, and I've seen him hit with some boxing technique, and I've gone, wow, this guy actually can box. And that's why Joshua should be careful, because the guy can box if he has to. He just likes putting that type of pressure and throwing everything into his punches because he wants to kill someone. And, and that, yeah, he believes in he yeah. believes in his power. He believes doesn't he? in his yeah. hand. He don't. He doesn't. He, he can square up. He will stand square on, and he will swing for the fences because he knows <laughs> when one connects, they're not coming back up, and they're not going to answer back. That's why he's so confident when he does that. And do you think that's the next? I know. Obviously, they're saying that. There has to be a couple of mandatory fights for AJ, but do you think it's time for that, or do you think, like I said, think Wilder, Wilder can wait a, a year or two? Well, it, it, like boxing is so it's such a weird business because, on one hand, the promoters are looking to protect their fighters for as long as possible to make as much money as out of them as possible, you know. Like I said, everyone's scared to lose. Like a Joshua yeah. um, Wilder fight, if that was in MMA, it would have happened already. But yeah. Someone like Dana or White would be like, that's the fight everyone wants to see. Let's make it happen. Whereas in yeah. boxing, that's the fight everyone wants to see. It's not what the promoter wants for their fighter. Though. The promoter would be like, oh, you know what? You have a possibility you might lose. We don't yeah. know where this is going to go afterwards. You know, are people going to buy into you like you are? You know, people, you know, it's not, the promoters already think about money. So when you're looking at Joshua Wilder, it's uh, 50-50. No one knows what's really going to happen. Who knows what style is going to come out? I can't say, oh, 100% Joshua wins. Yeah, you wanna yeah. you wanna fight where like as a promoter, you wanna fight where seventy percent, yeah, he wins. The rare odd occasion, the guy might have a punch or chance. That's what you yeah. and that's what they kinda of set up to be. So it's it's like I said, it's a weird business. I don't think it will happen. If it does, it'll be a great match. And finally all the hype will be over. But then then no one, well, then what else have we got to hype boxing after that fight? Yeah, I Canelo suppose it would be a... And everyone knows that Canelo's a, a cheat, apparently. I'm not going to yeah. put my own say on that, but apparently he's a cheat. He's been banned for six months, and yeah. yeah. What else is there? There's no real big pay-per-view fights out there that people really want to see. Yeah, I mean, depending on how it went, I suppose you could do AJ and Fury. You know, that, I mean, it, it makes it, it makes British that, sense. That would make British you know? sense. Yeah, that would make that would make for a good British fight because other than that, in the British um, heavyweight division, and maybe David Hay, even if Hay can beat Bellu, because yeah. that guy's got a good mouth on him and he can create a fight out of nothing. Uh, other than that, there's no real characters in boxing. You know, the Mayweather's yeah. gone. Bono is a, a he is a problem, like his nickname. He's a massive problem, and, and when he yeah. fixes that, then he will be a star because he should be a star, but he's just an idiot. Um, <laughs> who else is there? Oh, oh I did want to. I did want to ask you about something. Yeah, um, go ahead. And it's about Javante Davis and kind of like your views on him because I've I noticed like there's been a little bit of a rift in between him and the Mayweather camp, saying that like he was kind of forced into his last fight and how the Mayweathers had kind of set him up to fail. Do you know what? Yeah. Um, the- didn't he leave them recently for thinking? Adrian Broner's camp. He's been trained. He's been training uh, with Adrian Broner. Now the thing with that, I think it was <laughs> mainly because um, Mayweather, Mayweather came out and said, "Oh, Javante Davis versus Lomachenko should happen." Yeah. Now, really and truly, 
most fighters don't want that Lomachenko fire because he's like, he's going to embarrass you, man. Like, if you can't box like this guy boxes, you don't want to fight him. You know you're not yeah. going to knock him out. He moves too well. Nah, you know, you don't want that. And your, your um, promoter's coming out saying, and you haven't said it, and your promoter comes out and says, yeah, Javante wants Lomachenko. Of course I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I don't think so, mate. Yeah, it's it's gonna be you know, it's a fight that's gonna be very difficult for Tank because You're gonna miss every time. You'll matador you you'll move around you and you'll look yeah silly. Like you made Rigandale, who's a two time Olympic champion, look silly. That's right. I've never seen Rigandale miss so many shots. I've never seen Rigandale not hit someone. When I first saw the kind of announcement, I thought it was going to be so competitive. Mm, yeah, like I thought it was going to be a chess, and it just wasn't. He got he got dominated from the opening bell to when he said he wasn't coming out anymore. You know, because he broke his hand. Yeah, I'm still yet to see the 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 real X-ray. Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, listen, Rigandale, he knew. He has been outclassed. He got the point taken away from him in that match as well. He hadn't landed anything. Are you really going to sit around and wait till the 12th round yet, where they come and tell you majority decision? No, not even majority. Unanimous <laughs> decision by this many points to this. And you're like, ah, you know what? It, it, listen, my hand's hurting. I might as well stop now. And let's get yeah. it. Let me go home. And people are saying that you should get only half his paycheck, mate. He was in there and he got schooled and he knew it. He's not getting yeah. any younger. I don't blame him. I wouldn't quit personally because it's not my type of mentality. But if his hand was hurting like I kept saying he was, then, you know, he's in his right to not come back out. He, he, it's not like Lemonchenko hasn't done it to other people before. Yeah, it's no, true. He made Nicholas Waters is a very tough character to pull out as well. So he's, Yeah, he's very he's very impressive. Yeah, I, I've said it before, but he is one of the main reasons why I kind of got interested in boxing again because... Yeah. I just remember seeing, I think he was on the undercard of Mayweather and Pacquiao. And that was the first time I ever saw him box. And it was just a clinic. I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, it was just so, like, pretty to watch. Yeah. You know, and I was like, an, who is this he, guy? Yeah, he's an amazing boxer. Uh, I remember when I first seen him win the world title, and I was like, oh, this guy is going to be the best. He's time for time the best. And I started telling everyone about him. Like, ah, who you talking about? Who's this young guy? Now everyone talks about him. So, and he is, but the thing is, what he lacks is, that aggression and power, very pretty with everything he does. But he lacks that, that, uh, let me, he knocked out, um, Thingy. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I've forgotten his name, but he's got a knock, he's got knockouts in him, but he's more, I'll grind you down and make you quit type fighter. But in that weight class, it should be good. He's got Linares next, which is going to be a great yeah. fight because Linares is a good fighter as well. He's another guy who's, uh, I will keep chipping away until you stop type fighter. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in that one. Let's see if he comes out with a little bit more aggression. It should be an interesting, interesting fight. Um, I mean, be the tendency, yeah, the tendency is to look at it and say, you know, well, you know, Lomachenko is going to wipe the floor with him, <laughs> but you just don't know. You just don't know nowadays, yeah. It's very interesting. So Tyson Fury's thrown his name back into the kind of ring and <laughs> said that he's returning on June 9th. The opponent hasn't been named yet, but... What do you think of him like coming back? Do you think that he's still, still, yeah. you know, the person that he was? Do you know what? No matter how old he looks, he's still young. 
he's still in his 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he looks like a 50 year old rat, but he's still in his 20s. You know? So he's still young. He's got a, he's, he's a good boxer. Everyone knows that. He was unified champion of the world. He's, he's always got a say and he can always throw his, his, um, his name in the hat because he is there and he didn't lose his belts because of losing the fight. He lost it for yeah. other reasons. So, yeah, he deserves his chance to come back and prove himself. Whatever happens to him when he does come back is a different story. Let's see how those um, couple years off uh, affected him. I think he's a brilliant boxer. I think um, he boxes very, um, very smart. He's another one of those yeah. guys. Very smart, jab, very well played. So, we'll see what happens. And I think he throws a lot of people off because he fought... For a person of his size, he moves very, very well. Oh man, yeah, it's like it's amazing what you see him doing. When you're like, oh, he can actually move like that, like it's crazy. Like, yeah, I see him doing um, pads with the paddle sticks the other day. Yeah, and his head movements and his, his whole agility is like, and this is him still out of shape. He's not even in shape yet, and he's moving like that. And you're just like, I know middleweights that can't move like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him back and see if he's really. Like, you know, look, look, look at Billy Joe Saunders, and a friend of his. Yeah. He took a couple of years out, personal reasons, whatever. Like, and now look at him when he's back. He's got a different trainer, training um, Dominic Ingalls now, and his movement, everything. What he did to um, Lemieux the other day yeah. in Canada, in his own backyard, was... Yeah. Was it was spectacular. It was spectacular. Like, I've not... I know showboat him, but that, that freaking looking out into the crowd because of the mispunch thing, it just, it cemented a great performance. You know, I think that sometimes in a fight, you just get in the zone and you feel so comfortable. Like, it feels, it feels so comfortable that you can do things like that. And it's not even yeah. trying to disrespect your opponent or anything. It's just, you feel so. Um, yeah, it's just, he was in his zone. And if he's putting off these other, the, fighter by doing that or making him get the red mist because that's exactly what he was trying to do because Lemieux was is a big power puncher and he was trying to load up all day if you carry yeah. on winding him up and he's going to get even more wound up more tight he's not going to get loose he's not going to get in fight yeah. it's, it's still part of the tactics it's still chess that's right. it's a part of the game make your opponent it, like some people make their opponent not want to even come out and fight once they see them changing yeah. and stuff you know you see them in change you're like oh damn no, I'm going to fight this guy kind of, <laughs> <laughs> all your testosterone kind of disappears and you're like shit that is also, also part of the game you know yeah but, that Tong Po mo- moment in Kickboxer where he sees him kicking the yeah. the clay yeah yeah. Exactly like that. And you're like, ah, you know what? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to get hit by that. And all of a sudden, all that is now your upper hand because either you make them scared to engage or they start running away. So yeah, yeah it's, it's all part of the tactic. So I thought it was a, a good tactic. It did wind him up a little. You know, you see people like Lemonchenko does it when he's um, in the Matador mm. thing and sh- um, not showing off, but enticing them saying oh you know come then it puts, yeah. it's, a, it's a part of the game you know now you're putting them into a place they want to be they want to be controlled but now you're now dictating what they do yeah, yeah. and uh, it's part like, it's all part of the game yeah i was reading a breakdown of nate and nick diaz yep. and one thing that stood out to me is when they were talking about the stockton slap and why it's such a and it's, i mean it's it's yeah it's gained such notoriety but like you know in a fight where people are getting kneed and punched and elbowed and stuff why is the slap 
so coveted like why has it become this big thing and it's really because of the reaction that it draws out of like, like, the opponent it is such a distraction imagine you're in a fight and someone slaps you <laughs> you'll be like what this guy it, it, it take, it'll take you it'll take you to a place you don't want to have you don't want to go yeah go crazy in fact they'll start charging <laughs> and i'll probably, probably mess up because of that because now you become predictable you know yeah you right. get punched it's a punch it's a technical shot you're like okay cool Next time he throws it, I'll do this. If someone slaps you, it, yeah. it takes it into a different world. You're like, is this guy really slapping me like that? In front of all these people yeah, watching. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have, you're going to try something that you probably shouldn't do. All the ta- Yeah, and the judges as well. Yeah. You know, the judges are looking. It become, become more like, um, I want a street fighting. And that's when you get picked up. Yeah. Because now you're easy to read. Now you're throwing things with your heart and not your brain. And I suppose your cardio is going to suffer because yep. of it. All the aggression, you'll be so tight, everything. It takes so much energy. And I think that people forget like how much energy the nerves and the tightness takes out of you. If you're too tight, you are using a lot of energy even to throw a jab. But when you're loose and relaxed, you can control the pace of the game, you jab nice and softly and you're like, yeah. That's very true. I mean, I, I was, I was reading it and thinking, oh shit, yeah, that is actually true, you know, like, cause when you see it, like, if somebody slapped me in the road, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, you, that's you just it. think it's so, it's so disrespectful, exactly. Like. And that's what makes that shot so annoying. It's like you got these four ounce mittens on, you're expecting a punch, and then someone open palm slap you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to kill him. <laughs> you gonna? It's, it's true. Yeah, it's, a, it's so, and they they do it on purpose because of that, and it works for them. Yeah. It draws a reaction, yep. doesn't it? It draws a reaction that you shouldn't have, but everyone will have it. There's certain things in boxing that I know will be like, it will draw me out, even though I know I shouldn't react to it, but I will yeah. react. Because there's certain things that the natural instinct is, oh my God, did he just do this to me? I'm going to kill him. Type when yeah. you know you shouldn't, but it still comes across. For you personally, is it to balance that? Because obviously in a fight, you have to remain calm. You look for your openings. You kind of pick your spots and you kind of employ your game mm. plan. How hard is it when, for example, you get hit with a big shot or somebody makes you miss very badly? How hard for you is it to kind of keep composed? Is it something that you struggle with at all and you have to tell yourself, I've got to calm down, I've got to work my game? Uh, or... Yeah, that's that's why you need a good coach in the corner. A good coach who knows you. That's why it's very good to have a good relationship with your coach because um, the coach will know if you're about to react like you shouldn't and he will tell you in the corner just that little word eh, don't do it or compose yourself it will change everything because mm. like if you're left to your own devices and you're just out there you will go into a street mode at most times like some of the things that will happen to you but like especially when someone catches you with a really good shot all you want to do mm. is hit them with everything you've got Instead of waiting your time and picking it and going, okay, they can't be a good shot, my time will come. You, all you want to do right then and there is go, that, I'm just going to lump him. But you know you shouldn't. And I think that when I yeah. first went into boxing, like I said, I was scrappy, very scrappy. Yeah. And that's what my scrappiness was. It's because these pros would pick me off and all I would do is go, get angry and try and hit them with a bigger shot. But that's when you're on the, yeah. that's when you're easy to read because you can see the shot coming from a mile away. And then all they do is just move yeah. off and you're wasting all this energy chasing them around trying to hit them with this big shot. And all they're doing is moving, staying calm and they got all the energy in the world. And as soon as you get tired, then that's when they start chipping away. So 
they unload yeah, on you. So yeah, so it's good to have a good coach who knows you, who tell you, hey, control, back to basic, or when he does that next time, do this, counter it, and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, it is the hardest thing, but usually a good coach will be there to, you know, reel you in and bring you back in. Is it hard to hear your coach in uh, when you're in a fight? Because obviously they do give a lot of instructions and stuff. How easy is it to kind of um, hear what they're saying? It's pretty easy if you want to listen. <laughs> if you okay. don't want to listen to them, and you're, you're like I said, you're in a different zone, you won't hear them. If you're listening to them because yeah. you respect your coach and your coach is very close to you, you take everything they say as Bible, as you should, because that is your coach. Coach is always right. Um, yeah. And they're seeing it from a different view because they're looking from the outside. You're in there. You won't know what you're doing. So to me, I find it very easy to hear him because mm. he's obviously got more experience than me and I respect what he has to say. So whatever he's saying, I employ. So he's like, okay, if he says do three shots, then move, I will do three shots and move unless I really see yeah. an opportunity that I will take and I'll take it then and there. But other than that, I'll, I'll stick to his game plan. I'll stick to what he's saying and it's pretty easy to hear. I know the crowd is loud sometimes, but it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty easy to hear because a lot of people go quiet when people are fighting like they, they're getting mm. tight so you kind of only hear that one voice you don't even hear the crowd in fact so yeah you just kind of zero yeah, you in kind of zero into coach's voice and what the other person's doing how they're mm. moving how they're breathing and stuff like that so like speaking of like coaches and stuff he's not a coach but you know chris eubank senior yep. he's come under like massive fire for the kind of role that he plays in his son's boxing mm. career which is like almost the the opposite of the way that like nigel ben has yeah. allowed his you know son what? to kind of progress in boxing. nigel ben would even be a better coach than eubank senior i like you senior mm. yeah don't get me wrong i'm not gonna say the wrong yeah. things i'm gonna say the right things because <laughs> I do like him um, he, but yeah. he proved to me that coaching wise yes he's been through it but he, does he really know how to coach his um, his son I don't think so because um, mm. against Groves he did not give him yeah. the best of advice he gave him terrible advice he was like go in there uh, make a war okay all good and well saying that yes that's what he needed to do because he was getting out box but you need to tell him how to get in there to make yeah. the war happen. Tell him how, what yeah. step to take, what shot to throw first, what to do this, do it. Don't just go, yeah. you're not listening to me, go and make it a war. Where's his lead up? There's no, there's no, it's just, it's very yeah, ambiguous. it's just, okay, go and make it a war. He's going to go in there rushing in and you're going to get picked apart like he did. Yeah. There was no, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of that. When you hear a corner give very specific advice, I yeah. love that. You have to tell him, because you get, you're actually give, yeah, you're giving your fighter the tools to win. Yeah, you're like, okay, what well, I can see from the side, he do, he's going to react to this jab because he's reading you like this. Throw the jab, throw the feint, and then go in. Then you got instructions. If then the fighter doesn't do that, then he didn't listen, and you can't refrain. But yeah. if you just say, uh, listen, go in there and uh, go and fight, yeah, you you are to blame for the person not having a clue of what they're doing. But then they, they're, in the, they're yeah. in the ring. They need the person who's watching from the outside to tell them what to do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of hard to assess yeah, it yourself. You, you, like, you can see what the person's doing in front of you, but you can't see what's making them tip sometimes. Like, yeah. You'll be like, because your coach will tell you, like, you go back into the corner. A coach will say, every time you did a jab, he flinched or he moved to the right. You wouldn't have noticed that because all you're doing is throwing a jab because you're throwing your jab to try and set something up. You're not really right. being like, okay, you throw the jab, then he steps like this, 
some fighters might have that. I know quite a few that have that. That they look at what the person does if they do that, but they're very clinical, clinical, clinical fighters. And then they, you've got fighters who are fighters who are there who need the coach to say, "Listen, if you throw a jab, or you throw it jab to the stomach, jab up top, and he always throws his arm down. You probably won't even notice that. But him reiterating yeah. that to you." Then will be in your brain that he does that. Then you go out and do that. So it's very, yeah, that very important for you to listen to what the coach is saying. And the coach is always very important because they're looking from, they're looking at different things that you're looking, you're not looking at. If you understand what I mean. So they'll be, yeah, yeah, they'll be yeah. more looking at how is my fighter going to win this fight, whereas you're thinking of how am I going to punch this guy. So they'll be like, oh, and do you have? Oh, so they'll be like, oh yeah, if he no, moves to the right, he can't move to the right. You're not thinking he can't move to the right. You're just moving to the right because that's where you want to move and you're trying to punch. Yeah. Whereas they're thinking, oh, he squares up if you move this side. Oh, he steps like this if you move this. He's very weak going backwards if he does this. These are too many things for you to process while you're trying to punch or get a punch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's very, it's <laughs> it's very important for a coach to be there with smart and good advice. And if your coach doesn't have that, then they shouldn't be in the corner. And... Unfortunately yeah. for Chris Eubank Senior, yeah, he, he in the last mm. one he didn't say anything of note of any sense, and you know he was there with his his ways, and I just don't think it worked for his son, yeah. which is unfortunate. I the, like it. In my opinion, mm. this kind of mirrors the same thing as like Mayweather and Javante, where the two boxers involved have like kind of committed to a brand that's much much larger than themselves. Mm. And the benefit was that, you know, their, their growth could be, let's say, a little more accelerated yeah. than, than other boxers. But at the same time, it's like, unless you break away from that specific brand, mm. it's very hard to, to be your own person and be your own boxer and not be like, oh, the guy that Mayweather put on or the guy that Chris Eubank Sr. Yeah. put on, you know, or the son, rather. Yeah, yeah. it is so, very hard because, you know, Especially when there's such a big name in the scene already, there's the reason why. Like, even look at Conor Ben. Everyone's like, oh, Conor Ben's not that good. He's only there because he's dad. It could even be true because yeah. if he was just a normal guy, he was just in a normal gym, would he be where he is right now? Who knows? Yeah. I don't think so, personally. But that's my own mm. personal opinion, once again. So, but yeah. really and truly, like, even, uh, did you see Conor Ben's last fight? I didn't see him last. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, mate. It, if if that was anyone else, <coughs> yeah, that's us. But you know, yeah. he he is kind of Ben. Of course, they're gonna make sure he gets the win. Yeah, but that and how much you think is that's a problem like within boxing, the where, A side fighter, for example. Yeah, and how much it affects the judges. Being an A side fighter because always it's... always goes in your favor, man. Always, especially mm. if you're in, especially like when you got a journeyman. You, yeah. You unless you do something ridiculously stupid and go and get dropped or something, where they even then they'll still try and give it to you. <laughs> I, mate, uh, trust me. Like, um, oh, there's I've been to so many boxing matches lately. I think I'm, I'm going to be one of those guys that they're going to start to dislike because I just say my mind. I'm not even here to hide away the facts. I'll be like, listen, I'll look at somebody. I'll be like, listen, how is this guy even getting the freaking decision? Like, yeah. when you when everyone watching knows that they lost. But yeah. even then, there will still be one judge who will say, oh, yeah, uh, 180 to 79. And you'll be like, oh, 
<laughs> where, where did you get that score from? You know what I'm saying? It's even yeah. then, even though when it's clear that that didn't happen, they'll find a way. There'll be always one judge that you go, mm, I wonder who they got paid by. Like the Canelo fight. Uh, Abel Sanchez. No, no. Um, what's her name? Bird Halliday. Yeah, Ad- Adelaide Bird. Yeah. I've even forgotten about her, mate. She is, um, yeah, she is uh, blind. Yeah, she called one of the MMA fights recently. She's still allowed to be working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I think after the fight, they said that they were going to give her some time off and that she wasn't going to be suspended or anything. But she's done some work in New York, I think it is. And some of her, yeah, her scorecards were just wild. I really... Well, you know. she's she's different. Uh, I told you, those glasses <laughs> she's wearing on Clearly not working, man. She needs a new prescription because, like, I like Camilo, yeah? I like him a lot. Yeah, me too. Like, me too. Forget the drug ban. Forget whatever. Like, there's a lot of people taking it. So, um, you know, I'm yeah. sure he's not the first. If it is um, in the Mexican meat, like he's saying, well, you know, those Mexican mm. cows must be hella dench. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's part of parcel of the thing. But I like him a lot. I don't really went out and won yeah. that match. Yes. Yes. Countering, no. yes, with some good shots, yeah. but GGG clearly, and like, and this is me not being favoritism to GGG because I don't really like him. Yeah, he won that. That was not yeah. a draw. The draw was the draw yeah, was saving grace for Canelo. The draw yeah. was the best he could have hoped for. There's no way he won, and yeah. yeah, so and that is because he's a golden boy fighter. He's Mexicans, you know. He is the he's the catch cow yeah. out of both of them. Like, no matter how good GGG is, GGG still isn't uh, going to draw the numbers in that, like Canelo would draw. Even after the drug, even after does, the yeah. drug ban, Canelo is still going to be a much bigger name because of the type of yeah. fans he has and, you know, the way Mexican fans are going to be. And that's why he fights a Mexican Independence Day nearly every... That's why even after the yeah. six-month ban, you know his next fight is on Mexican Independence Day. Again, they knew what they were going back to oh, it. You know, yeah. they need to make sure that their cash cows were ready to come back out on the day. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's like I said, it's a weird sport. It's a great sport, but something's just ruined it. I think that's like with ed, any, you know, any sport right now, um, especially where it's co- combat-based and you've got promotions and you've got judges and stuff like that. It's just part and parcel of the game. We love it mm. because of the, bri- the brilliance and the technical masterpieces and the wars. We love mm. all of that. But at the end of the day, for some people, it's it's a business. You know, sometimes business gets in the way of the, the yeah. art. It's like that with a lot of things. It is like that with a lot of things. And the art is definitely suffering because of it. Um, which mm. you, but then again, like I said, it is picking back up. Let's see where people like Eddie Hearn can take it now that they've got this platform and a lot of fighters yeah. giving them this platform to really go and make other people into household names because it was in a dying state for a long time boxing people didn't really right. care about it like yeah. oh there's a fight oh who gives a like, you know I'm saying how many pay-per-views were in the last couple of years so if it's not Mayweather no one really cared you know so, yeah that's right uh, and just before just before we kind of wrap up I wanted to get your view on someone who's rapidly becoming one of my favourite boxers to watch how much do you know of Anthony Young <laughs> Yard. What are your kind of views on him as a fight? Because I, I see him and I see hit the the work that him and Tunde mm. do, and he's not just like sometimes he'll delay the fight a, a, mm-hmm. around when he's clearly superior mm-hmm. just to land the kind of punch combination that he'd been drilling. And I think those kind of things 
for me personally as a as a person who's watching as a spectator those are the kind of interesting things about him so i just wanted to know like as you you have infinitely more mm-hmm. boxing knowledge than than i do and so what kind of views i know obviously his he hasn't fought like a someone who's on yeah. his level yet but what do you think about him and his kind of progression it's a tough one yeah that's this question mm. it's a uh, it's very tough because i'm in the same the same weight class <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let's let, let's not. All all jokes aside, he's a good fighter. Very powerful. Very explosive. He's a natural athlete. Amazing athlete. Great physique. Very intimidating. But he does have a lot of flaws, and that's only because a lot of us in this light heavyweight division have been watching him because he's in our division. Right. So I know. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy called Dan Aziz who's been watching him. Mm. Not too tough because we do train down peacocks as well at the moment. So we do see him mm. around. So it's not like uh, we want to kill him type thing. It's more like, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nah, we're, not, we're not doing those postcode things right now. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it's like, okay, we've seen the things that we're like, oh, if he did that against me, we wouldn't, we wouldn't let that be unpunished. Whereas as a mm. fan, I'd be like, yeah, he's a sick boxer, but. As another competitor, mm. I'm like, he has got flaws, but he is, yeah, he is, I understand he that. is one of those guys with character that mm. if Frank Warren promotes him properly and makes him the star, which he could potentially be, then he'd be very good and he will avoid a lot of fights, mm. but he'd be very good because really, truly, yeah. And I think he 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 have to be honest himself. Like other than the super middle blown up super middleweights he's been fighting, like you said, who who is he really fought? You know, he he wanted yeah. uh, Frank Biglioni, but Biglioni lost his last fight now, so that won't happen. But I think that would have even been a challenge for him because Biglioni is a good boxer, and Yard hasn't had that much yeah. amateur experience. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, you can tell that he's just he's very strong and punches hard, but. If he was to actually yeah. box, and I think he'll get outboxed by a lot of them. I think instead of mm. looking at him in that division, to me, the star of that division is Joshua Boatsy. And that's my yeah. personal. Joshua Boatsy is the yeah. guy. The guy. If you're looking at stars for the future, that's the guy, man. Yards. Yeah. I've been very impressed Yards from good, and Yard will be good at a commercial view because he's sponsored by Maxi Muscle. He's a good guy. He could yeah. be a model if he wanted to be. But if you're looking at boxing skills, Joshua Boazzi is the guy in the light heavyweight division that people should really be thinking about. And I'm not saying that because he's done here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to do yeah, what we can for each other, innit? In. I love him. <laughs> just before um, I wrap up with you, I just wanted to know if you had any any people that you wanted to shout out, any your, your current gym and stuff. like. Um, yeah. You know, we've got Lawrence Okoli, look out for him. I'm sure many people, who, if you're watching this or reading or listening to this, you probably know a bit about boxing anyway, so you'll know that Lawrence is becoming a household name anyway. Um, yeah. We've got Mo Flashy Fazlin as well. He is going to be the next big thing in the uh, Super Bantamweight division. He is classed as the new Prince Nassim. So he's another one that, you know, got to look out for. But Umar yeah. Sadiq is a super middleweight, very classy boxer. He's, he's one of those guys that I was talking about who think before they punch, 
So if you move to the left right. too much, he will be reading that. And he's one of those guys, yeah. very classy, very smooth, very artistic boxer. Then you've got, um, you've got a guy called Dan Aziz, who is just an animal in the light heavyweight division. And if he hits you, you're going down. And yeah, and that's, that's yeah. the main names. You've got a guy called Vernon as well. He's just entered into the amateurs and the amateur division will not like him at all because I don't think any amateur boxing club has ever seen someone who fights like that. So yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got some good guys coming out of that gym. We've got myself as well. You know, yeah, so. man. I'm looking forward to, to the, yeah, next, the next one. one they definitely proved dividends for what I've picked up and learned from the first two. So yeah. That's wicked, man. And if anybody wants to follow you on social media, how, how uh, can they get on involved? On Insta, it is Kojo underscore Menace. M-E-N-A-C-E and Kojo spelled K-O-J-O and yeah and I think that's the same for all my social medias I don't really use Twitter too much but I am going to start yeah. using it again but I am a visual person so cool. Instagram is my main thing and then from there Excellent. you can I will link me onto Facebook from there and stuff like that so yeah cool when this is um mixed down I'll put up a Instagram post for you um, and try and direct awesome. some people Thank your you. way yeah, no worries thanks no for the worries. time today though it's been a pleasure as always excellent and I'd like to get you back um, maybe in a couple of months time just to see how hey, you're progressing and stuff if you, if you yeah, want to see where that. I've ended up yeah, yeah man that's and good. like I said hopefully by then we'll have a few um, world champions from our place on our gym anyway so our gym will be buzzing so it'll be good to talk to you then as well yeah that'll be awesome man alright thank you very much Sam as always like I said always a pleasure Pleasure no. to talk to you. Uh, likewise, man. Yeah, and don't leave, leave it too long next time. <laughs> I won't, I won't. My computer yeah. blew up in it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs>